Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The magic number is down to three. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at Stats SAC on Twitter. As always, it is a pleasure to be with you. Hope you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. And if you're a Braves fan, Braves fan, you certainly should be having a great start to your day. The Braves get a big. Two-to-one victory over the Phillies, and obviously now their magic number is down to three to clinch their fourth straight NL East division title. The Daily Hammer, of course, is part of the great lineup of podcasts over at the Talking Chop Podcast Network, along with the Talking Chop Podcast and the Road to Atlanta Podcast, all of which have new episodes out for you to enjoy during this final week of the baseball season. Of course, you can find the Talking Chop podcast, the YouTube channel of Talking Chop, all at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So, of course, on Tuesday night, the Braves and the Phillies were, were starting off a huge series, obviously a season-defining series, the biggest game of the year for both teams. And, of course, both teams made sure to line up their best available starters for this game, starting off with both teams' probably most reliable starters for this year. For the Phillies, it was Zach Wheeler, who obviously is a top-five candidate in the National League for the Cy Young Award this year. And for the Braves, it's Charlie Morton. And both Wheeler and Morton absolutely delivered. A game in which there were only seven hits. Both pitchers went seven innings, and it was simply the Braves taking full advantage of the main scoring opportunity that they had against Wheeler that proved to be the difference in the game. Overall on the night, the Braves had four hits. The Phillies had three, but three of those Braves hits came in the third inning. Travis Darno hit a double. Dansby Swanson followed up with a single, and then after a sacrifice bunt by Charlie Morton with two strikes, Jorge Soler delivered a two-run single to put the Braves up two to nothing. Charlie Morton, from that point on, was absolutely dominant. Luke Jackson did his job in the eighth. And, of course, in the ninth, the Braves once again, unfortunately, made things much more eventful than they should have been. Will Smith, not necessarily all on him this time. He walked Bryce Harper, he was able to retire JT Real Muto, but then of course a misplay by Eddie Rosario in left field led to the bases being loaded. D.D. Gregorius hit a sacrifice fly, but then Will Smith, just like he did on Sunday, was able to get the final out via a strikeout with runners on base and in scoring position to tie the game. He was able to get Freddie Galvis swinging in order to shut the Phillies down and win the game. 
for the Braves. But obviously the big narratives for Atlanta, and there were several of them, it starts with Charlie Morton. For only the second time this year, Morton went seven innings and produced ten strikeouts in a game. Only three hits, only two walks, just absolutely dominant. If Morton can deliver like this, if the Braves were to make the postseason, the Braves certainly have to feel they are going to be in a good position to get postseason victories. And it's wonderful to see that Morton is on top of his game as he has been the entire second half in these big moments for the Braves. But another big key development, in my opinion, when it came to Atlanta is in which the way that they won. You know, I've talked about it here. It's been talked about other places. This team obviously is heavily reliant on power, but when they are going to be facing more talented pitching staffs in the playoffs, especially with the team that's likely awaiting them in the playoffs once they clinch the NLEs, if they do, the Milwaukee Brewers, those opportunities to hit for power are probably going to be hard to come by. But in this scenario, where the power was not there, there were very limited chances. Again, only seven hits between both the Phillies and the Braves in this game overall. When the Braves got the chance, to produce a scoring opportunity, they did exactly that, and they delivered. And it was, once again, Jorge Soler. The fact that the Braves were able to get the run to create a scoring opportunity and make the most of it against the caliber of pitcher that they were facing in Zach Wheeler. And they're going to be facing that type of pitcher with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and the rest of the Brewers staff potentially in the playoffs. The fact that the Braves did not have power on their side in this game, but were still able to not only create a scoring opportunity, but make the most of it to get success created against Zach Wheeler, that is a highly encouraging sign for this Braves offense. To couple that with Morton's dominant performance, that's the type of instances. Those are the type of opportunities and stories of success the Braves are going to have to rely on at times in the playoffs if they hope to make a deep run. And they were able to do exactly that in a playoff-type scenario facing one of the obvious better arms in the National League in Zach Wheeler. The end result is that the Braves were able to extend their division lead to three and a half games. Their magic number is now at three. And of course, all of that occurs with Max Reed taking the mound for Atlanta tonight to hopefully get that magic number down to one. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Away from Truist Park on Tuesday, there was also some pretty significant news when it came to the Braves organization, both at the major league level as well as the minor league level, involving a few significant players, obviously, for the Braves. Of course, the news from Atlanta in regards to Marcelo Zuna is that both Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association, much like we've seen with Trevor Bauer of the Dodgers, both MLB and the um, MLBPA, they agreed to extend the administrative leave of Marcelo Zuna through the end of the postseason. In short, basically what that means is, is that that formally ends Marcelo Zuna seeing the field 
this season. It also means that the results of MLB's investigation, which still is going on despite what has developed in terms of the legal side of things for Ozuna, MLB Baseball still is conducting its own investigation. Those results will likely be known after the postseason, and as everyone expects, it likely will result in a lengthy suspension for Marcelo Ozuna going into the future. Of course, we'll keep you updated here at Talking Shop for the latest on that development when it becomes available. For the Braves minor league organization, the Braves announced both their minor league hitter and pitcher of the year on Tuesday as well. Catcher Shea Langoliers, as well as pitcher Bryce Elder, were named the minor league hitter, in the case of Langoliers, and the minor league pitcher, in the case of Bryce Elder, for the Braves this season. Both Langoliers and Bryce Elder have been two of the brightest stars of the Braves minor league system this season, and we're certainly deserving of the honors. Another certain star from this year, one of the biggest emergences and one of the biggest surprises in terms of how dominant he's been in the minors this year for the Braves, is Spencer Strider. Bryce Elder already had made his way to Triple A Gwinnett earlier in September. Well, it was announced on Tuesday that both Langoliers and Spencer Strider will be joining Gwinnett to finish their season at AAA. It's highly encouraging to see Elder, Langoliers, and Strider all making their way to AAA after what was very successful seasons, and obviously their significance to the future of the Atlanta Braves certainly seems to be growing by the day, and it'll be really, really fun to see how they end the season in featured spots once they get playing time with the Gwinnett Stripers. But of course, obviously, while that news away from Truist Park is certainly encouraging, celebrating the success of some of the biggest stars of the Braves minor league system this year, the all the attention when it comes to the Braves now turns to tonight's matchup. And once again, it is a very fun pitching matchup against two significant arms. Max Freed for the Braves against Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Now, obviously, Aaron Nola has certainly been one of the more consistent pitchers in the National League over the past few years, but this certainly has been a down year in terms of his production against the Braves. However, he has had a bit of success against Atlanta, including the opening game of the season. Uh, Just like Zach Wheeler going into Tuesday night's game, Aaron Nola has faced the Braves four times this season, and the result is a 2-2 two two record overall in terms of game results. he's had he, The Phillies have won two games that he started against Atlanta this year, and the Braves have won two games that he has started against Atlanta. And it's been a tell of two different games. Back on the first game of the season, Aaron Nola went six and two-thirds innings and, and allowed two runs in a 3-2 victory over Max Freed and the Braves. And the last time, that Aaron Nola pitched against the Braves, he almost was able to complete get a complete game shutout back on July 25th. Those were the two games the Phillies won. But in between those two, the Braves were able to score four and five runs against Nola in start. So the Braves have had success against Nola like other teams had, but Nola also has been dominant when he's needed to be against the Braves this year. For Max Freed, he's only faced the Phillies twice this year, lost both games. He did look pretty decent in the first game of the season, but then back on July 23rd, he arguably had maybe his worst start of the second half of the season in a loss to the Phillies. I believe that was against Zach Wheeler. He allowed four runs, walked four batters, six strikeouts, one home run over five innings. But the big key to all this, again, for the Braves versus the Phillies is similar 
to the storyline, to the narrative last night. The big key is that the last time the Braves faced Nola, those four different times that the Braves faced Nola earlier this year, that was without the major impact that the Braves' trade deadline acquisitions of all the outfielders that they added, that was without those impacts being in place. This is a significantly different, deeper, and better lineup that Nola will be facing this time around than he faced earlier in the season against the Braves. And so the players that have faced Nola several times this year, like uh, Ozzie Albies, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, and Freddie Freeman, they'll have a bit of an advantage because of how much they've seen Aaron Nola. And of course, also the Braves will have a bit of an advantage because Nola has not faced the likes of Adam Duvall um, in a Braves uniform, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and others. So that could once again be a key narrative. That shined last night, or, or on Tuesday night, when it was Jorge Soler who got the big hit. But another big thing to remember about last night's game is that combined, Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, and Austin Riley were 1 for 11. I would find it hard to believe that they're going to go 1 for 11 in two straight games. So that has to be one thing to see that the Braves, the big part of the Braves order, Albies, Riley, and Freeman, a bit more of a productive night. And if Max Reed can continue to be what he's been, one of the better pitchers in the majors, over the second half of the season, it could wind up really adding up to be another big night for the Braves in getting a victory. Once again, getting the scoring going early against Nola, allowing for Max Reed to work with the lead. Hopefully Max Reed working late into um, the, the game, maybe six or seven innings, setting up potentially Tyler Matzik. Um, Richard Rodriguez, maybe Luke Jackson works back-to-back -back games, but making it to where the bullpen only has to secure two to three innings with the lead will certainly be a great development for Max Freed and the Braves. So the opportunity certainly is there for Atlanta. They have the same advantages that they had against Zach Wheeler last night, but this time around, you have to feel strongly Atlanta likes their chances with Max Freed, and hopefully they'll get that one further victory to put that magic number down the one before Thursday's game. But of course, regardless of what occurs, Stick with us here. This is where we're going to make sure to start off your day with the latest on the Braves from Atlanta against the Phillies as the Braves look to take another step closer to clinching the NL East division title for the fourth straight time and a fourth straight trip to the playoffs. I want to remind you, you could find the Talking Chop podcast, the Road to Atlanta podcast, and the Daily Hammer all on the Talking Chop Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the debut episode of Battery Power over on the YouTube channel at Talking Chop on YouTube. Also, some plenty of great articles getting you prepared, talking about the NL East, what each additional win means for the Braves, and why the Braves need to take advantage of this opportunity now. All can be found at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Braves. We'll talk to you soon here on The Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG pod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.